Hello and welcome. You're watching Big Picture with me, Vishal Dahiya. And today we're going to talk about a very interesting and a very important concept. That's the central bank digital currency, that is CBDC. Now we'll try and find out what exactly CBDC is and its correlation with not only the banking system, but the cryptocurrencies, how safe it is, what kind of technology is used. And this is a term which is not very new. It has been in vogue for quite some time now, but the interest globally has risen in the recent past. In fact, a recent survey says that around 86% of the central banks across the world are actively researching on this particular type of digital currency. Around 60% of them are actively engaged in the projects on CBDC and around 15 to 16 odd percent have put in place a pilot project as well on CBDC. So we'll try and understand uh, this from the global context as well as uh, from the Indian point of view as well. And for more on this, we're joined by two distinguished experts. Let me first introduce them to you, beginning with, uh, we have with us Mr. Ashok Nag. He's a former advisor to RBI, has written uh, uh, very interesting articles on the concept of CBDC as well. And we're also joined by Mr. A.K. Bhattacharya, editorial director of Business Standard. Welcome, both of you gentlemen. Let me start by... Uh, you know, asking the simple question, the most simplest one here is what exactly is CBDC? That's Central Bank Digital Currency. Mr. Nag, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, there are two things say here. One is, of course, the first two terms called Central Bank. Everybody knows what is a Central Bank. It is a Bank of India. It is, of course, Central Bank of India. And we have a digital currency. The digital currency is a... Uh, one has to understand that basically because of the Bitcoin, it has become extremely kind of a popular, everybody knows, tries to know what is a Bitcoin. And many of the young IT people in India, I know, they have invested and burned their fingers with these hands with the Bitcoin. So digital currency basically is the currency, as we know, is a part of the money. Money, of course, can be in the bank, your account, or can be a physical kind of note, which is in your wallet, okay? So currency properly is in circulation when the RBI publishes, it is a physical notes which are in circulation, it is a called currency. Mm -hmm. Now, currency theoretically cannot be a private kind of a, a issue. Okay. Earlier, there was a bank notes were there, of course, but today currency must have a kind of authorization, like IT, central authority, so that it can be used today, the definition of currency is that it should be used not only for your transactions between the two parties, also to settle your debt. You should be able to pay your tax with the currency. So it's in that sense, the kind of a currency which you talked about very much, people, it has become extremely kind of popularized because of kind of private currency like Bitcoin particularly, mm -hmm. which is being talked about. This has absolutely, I would say it's a fraud. Okay, Bitcoin is basically a fraud because it has a no value. Nobody knows what value should be there. By any definition of valuation of any kind of a financial asset, okay, it cannot be valued by them. So Bitcoin is a, uh, uh, should not be, it is not central bank digital currency is not a replica of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But, but Bitcoin has certain technology which is extremely innovative and which can be profitably used by a central bank. Okay. Why? Because, you see, central bank has to issue a currency because currency is being used. If you, you cannot have a, every transactions by a payment, Paytm or Google Pay, because you require a bank account to have a two parties to enter into that kind of a 
kind of transactions, financial transactions. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have a kind of currency, what is the currency? The three properties of currency is that, first of all, when I pay you 100 rupees, that is a bearer note. Whoever holds that 100 rupees, he is the owner of that. There is no authorization is required unless it is a, you have physically, fraudulently, or some kind of theft, you have taken the money from my wallet. Otherwise, if you hold a 100 rupees, I have paid you, you become a beneficial owner. Nobody can contest that. Okay. So whoever is holding that. Second thing is that once I pay you, transaction is complete. There is no third party verification of that transactions by anybody which is required in the Bitcoin. Okay, so this is a uncertainty is a anonymity. Okay, who is paying that money which is your pocket? Why from you have received it? Okay, it is need not be traced, cannot be traced physically so easily. This is an anonymity. The transactions happens as soon as the transactions, I mean, there is change of the currency between the two parties. This is a complete transaction. There is no third party verification. So this is a, and the notes, as long as it's a valid note, of, of course, sovereign can always demonetize, but that's a different issue. But as long as it's a valid note, it is an acceptable currency within a jurisdiction. Okay. You, need, you may not be able to pay your, a cigarette kind of a hinder with your dollar. May be acceptable, may not be acceptable. But as long as you pay in the rupee currency, it is a valid kind of transactions. Okay. Now, point is, point is that central bank digital currency is the currency which is the same kind. Can I can a central bank issue instead of physical notes a kind of a digital kind of form of the note with the, having all the three properties largely which you are having in the case of the your physical notes. Mm -hmm. And that is extremely, this is extremely uh, useful for central bank. For example, Reserve Bank of India today spends almost, I believe, 30,000 to 35,000 crores or rupees. Okay. Oh, sorry, 3,005. I think, don't remember, but it's a very big amount. And that is the Reserve Bank direct cost. If you look at the entire, the, your supply chain or logistics of the entire currency management, physical currency management, from the note press to the vault, currency vault in his bank and then going back to the your personal kind of wallet the entire supply chain management is a huge kind of cost indeed that cost that cost can be at least i can tell that at least one at least one fourth can be done by having you have a digital currency okay it is it is not necessary that immediately digital currency means that it will replace your currency okay because it require a kind of a a wallet or you can require a kind of a uh, electronic kind of a, a, a system where you can uh, electronic wallet okay but it can be definitely can be uh, done where you can reduce the cost of maintaining or printing and managing the currency substantially in the case of your digital currency okay okay and mr nag uh, those yeah. are very very uh, you know significant and important points uh, which you mentioned mm -hmm. and overall uh, you know it it uh, does sort of uh, explain to us what exactly is CBDC and what's the difference here. Let me bring in Mr. Bhattacharya as well. Before we move on to the other aspects of, uh, you know, uh, a CBDC versus cryptocurrency or CBDC vis-a-vis uh, -vis the banking system and how it will work. Uh, Mr. Bhattacharya, before we go into that, your views on the concept of CBDC and also why do we need uh, the central bank digital currency? Well, uh, as uh, Mr. Nag uh, rightly pointed out, uh, we need to understand uh, the basic features or ideas that the Reserve Bank of India has 
while talking about a central bank digital currency. Mm-hmm. And one, we need to be very clear in our mind that what the central bank is talking about when it talks about a CBDC, it is not talking about a cryptocurrency. CBDC is not a cryptocurrency, that's point number one. Okay. Point number two is that CBDC is also not equivalent to a digital transaction because a digital transaction has an under, underlying physical cash component. Whereas in the central bank digital currency, if there is a CBDC transaction, there will be no physical cash underlying that transaction. Mm-hmm. Now, when you are, let us say, making a payment on Paytm or on uh, net banking, you are making essentially a digital transaction, but there is an underlying physical cash lying somewhere. Indeed. Whereas in the CBDC, it will there will be not a physical cash line that itself will be the currency. So therefore, in terms of calculating what is your total currency with in circulation, the digital currency will be part of that. You know, that's number two. Number three is that the Reserve Bank of India, when it talks about its proposal to launch a digital currency, is completely on the same page as the government is right now. Because the government, you will recall, is trying to come out with a legislative bill that will prohibit private cryptocurrencies and allow digital currencies only in certain exceptional circumstances. And I would imagine that the reason why this bill was not introduced in this session is because there are further consultation that will take place mm-hmm. so that what kind of exceptions can be made for a digital currency which can be issued by a central bank. Number four, a critical issue on a digital currency would be can it can the digital currency to be issued by the central bank acquire the same notion of anonymity? Mr. Nag talked about the anonymity of a cash transaction. Now, can the CBDC also enjoy a similar anonymity? Now, that, to my mind, is a big question, and that question will be answered only when Reserve Bank of India reveals that what kind of a ledger that they use for launch of these digital currencies. Do they use a centralized ledger or do they use a distributed ledger? Okay. Now remember, cryptocurrencies use distributed ledger. Now, that will be very critical to make sure whether they are anonymized or not anonymized. If they are not anonymized, then, then the digital currency may not become as popular as cash is right now in the Indian public. Okay. And you, you will remember that cash has a huge cost element to it, whereas the digital currency will not have that cost. In the, in the cash, you have not only the cost of printing the notes, you have the cost of transportation that note, you have to store those notes, you have to distribute those currency notes, but whereas in the digital currency, it will be in the digital space and it will be adding to the Reserve Bank of India's currency situation, currency vault, but it will not be incurring any cost. Okay. And final in the initial stage, that this will have an immense, tremendous implication 
for the banking sector's deposit position and credit allocation system. And finally, the biggest impact would be on the monetary policy administration of what kind of liquidity push, what kind of policy you know, parameters that you want to use, mm -hmm. because digital currency becomes a large component of your 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 entire thing. Then no, I mean if if you have digital currency, then there will be less deposit. Okay. And if there's less deposit, there will be pressure on the credit allocations. And if that is so, there will be pressure on liquidity, and that will mean uh, imply something for the monetary policy. Okay. So when the central bank talks about that, I want to start a pilot scheme on CBDC. I think it it recognizes the huge implication of CBDC on the entire system in a variety of ways, which is why what you will see is a limited version of CBDC to see what kind of impact it has on the system, on the people's habit, on people's transactions and everything. Uh, and I think I will stop there and depending okay. on the state. Now that's, that's, that's uh, very, very interesting. And those last two points uh, which you made, uh, Mr. Bhattacharya, those are the ones, uh, you know, I, I want to take to uh, Mr. Nag here. The CBDC's impact uh, once put in place on two, uh, you know, uh, spheres here. One, the banking system. Two, the entire monetary policy paradigm. Mr. Nag, how do you see that happening? See, there are two things are there, you know. One is that you, we have to understand that in, when you are using, issuing central bank digital currency, okay, uh, there are two approaches are there in the uh, happening across the world, okay? For example, Bank of Australia, others are there were trying to issue central bank digital currency, where the central bank is kind of a becoming a bank itself, okay? Mm -hmm. And everybody creates an account there and you're taking down the money. See, if I have, say, account with State Bank of India, and suppose State Bank of India issues certain kind of tokens, which can be issued across the various transactions, okay? And it is all settled in Central Bank of India. So people who are having accounts with the State Bank of India between them, using that kind of a, a digital wallet can be making currency. I don't think that is a kind of feasible in the Indian context. Mm -hmm. I myself has created a protocol, okay? I have written to the Central Bank by, uh, I have to Vishankar, who is the present DG, and I have written to Mr. Uh, Governor also, to create a protocol that tries to mimic. See, today, if you know the how the currency is managed in India, currency is managed in India where you have a decentralized kind of a depositories or called the currency chest. Mm -hmm. And these are currency chests are managed by the banks. Okay, the from the Reserve Bank, these currency chests are basically considered as a property of the Reserve Bank of India. So when a bank takes out money from the currency chest in their own premises, it is as if they're taking money out of central bank, okay. RBI. And they're putting the currency chest, uh, the physical cash inside the currency chest as if they're putting money back to the central bank. So that means this currency chest, which is decentralized kind of a things are there across India, where the physical cash goes in and goes out. And of course, there are certain kind of all kind of a verification, everything is there. I can... One to is that that is a kind of a where the ledgers are maintained, that thing. But there is no kind of, of course, every currency has identity. Mm -hmm. You must understand that every currency has a unique number. Okay. And if you know the number, but it is not possible to trace it. 
physically, whenever you are having a digital kind of things, ultimately traceable. No amount of the you do it that it is not possible, but it will make it can make it very difficult. So that to certain extent, large extent, you can maintain the anonymity feature of the physical currency. Okay. Because if you, as Mr. Bhattacharya has correctly told, if anonymity is not maintained, if I know that my every transactions can be immediately within a seconds can be monitored by the either central bank or anybody, then I will very much worry of really. So, so, so what, you, what are you suggesting, Mr. Nag here, if I understand it correctly, is that, uh, you know, uh, the, the banking system, the present banking system needs to be a part of uh, uh, the, the, the pilot project or the overall, uh, you know, exactly. rollout of CBDC, exactly. which we're talking exactly. about here. What my idea is that, what I've written in that entire, uh, I have created a protocol, I've created a, a kind of a architecture diagram, architecture, how the central bank digital currency, because some of the smaller countries, I don't know, China has issued central bank digital currency, but we are not aware of exactly the technical architecture China has done because it is not in the domain. I mean, it is not the open uh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we cannot. But we know that what is Bank of Australia is doing. We know that various bank of other kind of a, uh, you know, OECD uh, kind of countries are trying to do. They are actually trying to do a kind of maintaining central ledger at the kind of a central bank. Okay. One where the everything, which is not at all feasible and which does not really make sense to this a country like India. So what is required, the currency chest can be replaced by a digital server. Basic idea is that I can have a digital but server. Then, but then what, what impact it might have on, on the, uh, you know, on the banking sector? Because uh, it'll be entirely different dealing with the, no, uh, with, no, the, no, with, no, the no. with the digital currency. No, it, it will be, it will replace the physical currency. It okay. is not misplacing the bank money. See, if you take the total money today, M1 or M3, M1 suppose, which is the, we call it demand uh, by the currency, which is a transactional currency, transactional currency, you can say, uh, transactional part of the money, where we have uh, two things. One is currency circulation, mm -hmm. which is a physical currency, and which has got the bank deposit, which is a current deposit, or the, what you call the uh, demand portion of the savings deposit. Okay. This is the part called physically M1, that is called the money which is really used for transactions, okay? So that M1 is not going to be affected because we are replacing only physical currency by digital currency, but it will can have impact. See, today, if there is any issue is that, you see that there is a only crisis is there, people's holding of the digital, uh, physical currency goes up. People wants to hold cash, okay? Now, if I have a wallet kind of things, I can always keep a, impose a kind of a, uh, if it is a, a individuals or corporate, or what is the kind of a, you know, maximum threshold of the digital currency can hold it. So the leakage from the bank deposit through cash can be definitely controlled to a large extent if you have a central bank digital currency. Okay. That will have a, that will have a major impact okay. on your monetary policy okay. because then central bank will have much more control of these two components of the your, your money part and what is the kind of, because whenever there is a big crisis in the economy, people try to withdraw money from the bank and hold cash. 
Okay, okay. that can be definitely done. Okay, Mr. Bishop Bhattacharya, you know, you earlier spoke about uh, the, the way it might have an impact on uh, the entire monetary policy paradigm. But when you're talking about the banking sector, do you agree with what uh, Mr. Nag is saying that the Australian model uh, does not exactly seem suitable for uh, our economy when we're talking about uh, central bank digital currency here, and the banking sector will have to be a part of this uh, this rollout, uh, and then. Uh, what might be the pros and cons here? We were talking about vis-a-vis -vis the banking sector. Well, I think, I, yeah, I, I agree with what Mr. Mr. Nag is saying, that we need to have a sui generis model here. And we cannot uh, follow the Australian model, you know, uh, uh, you know almost blindly. Uh, because, uh, uh, you know, uh, if we create a, a kind of a ledger, and if it is a centralized ledger, and I think that is what is being hinted at when you say that you will, you will replace a part of your currency chest with a ledger. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if you do that, then what you need to do is you also need to use that ledger to release, make your payments through that digital currency uh, and release that part of that uh, digital currency through that ledger mm -hmm. to different banks and to different payment institutions and everything. Now, it will have its own, uh, you know, uh, impact and how it will play out is something that one has to see. But what will immediately happen is, the, I'm talking about the immediate impact. The immediate impact will be that the, 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 the share of the physical currency that is substituted by digital currency, there will be an effective squeeze on that much money because that digital currency will take time before it gets absorbed by the system and gets used by the participants, by the people, by companies, by even banks. Okay. So if you are doing it, you have to do it in a very gradual, slow, phased manner. If you do it in one big go, say, listen, out of my entire currency thing, you know, and uh, but 10% or 15 or 20% of the currency becomes digital, I think you're going to see chaos. What you need to do is, as the Reserve Bank of India is rightly thinking, to create a small pilot and see in some categories where people's transactions are already digitized mm -hmm. and there you can replace those transactions and take say that, let's say the 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 stock market transaction, that is financial transactions that are happening right now, is by and large completely digitized. Okay. In a sense that there is a physical money underlying that, but actually the transaction is happening through, through a digital transaction. There is no real money changing hands. It is only the entries that are changing. Now, if you do that gradually, then probably you will be able to see some benefits because in any case, such transactions are... Uh, are not anonymized. Such transactions, you know that uh, Mr. Gahia is having a stock market transaction for buying so many shares. It is all in the public, you know, in the, in the banking domain. Mm -hmm. So but if you do it in a manner that, you know, I want to, uh, to, to uh, you know, uh, I want people to have digital currency, then the problem of cash will arise. People will naturally gravitate towards cash and they will say, that at a time when I have to go to the hospital at night, what do I do? I need some cash. Or if there is a shortage of some goods and commodities, I want cash. Now, they will not be happy with the digital currency then. So it is a matter of time. So initially, there would be some disruption 
and 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 I, and I believe that this disruption will will have an impact on both the, the deposit pattern, deposit flow, and which will have a normal impact on the credit uh, flows also. Because if the deposit flows have an adverse impact, then the credit flows will also be impacted, and eventually the monetary policy will have to bear this in mind. Okay. And finally, I will I will add one more point. And I think one has to see how Reserve Bank of India does it. What will be the convertibility of a digital currency? Will this digital currency be convertible on the current account or in the capital account? Now, that is something. And how will that work out? Now, that is another big aspect, major important aspect. That has to be looked at that what will be the status of convertibility of digital currency? Will it be the same as any other currency? Or because it is a digital currency, you will be able to confer on it a kind of convertibility in converting it into a foreign currency uh, with greater ease and greater facility and flexibility. That is something when the final uh, layout or the, the blueprint of the uh, central bank digital currency comes out, we will come to know, but that we have to wait. Uh, for some some more time. Indeed, uh, we will have to wait there. And uh, as uh, both of you are pointing out, it has to be a gradual process uh, with a uh, lot of consultations which are going on right now. And uh, as uh, both our experts pointed out, there are various nuances which will have to be taken into consideration, various aspects, uh, not only in terms of utilization of uh, the digital currency, but also the kind of impact it will have on both the banking system, the monetary policy, and on the lives of uh, the common men as well. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Ashok Nag, as well as uh, Mr. Bhattacharya for sharing your views and insights with us and our viewers on this uh, very, very interesting and important topic that is uh, central bank digital currency. We'll keep you updated on all the developments there and we'll bring you more news and views uh, in the days to come. Keep watching. Thank you.